uh, this is week number five in this series, Healing. They titled it Heal Healing for Our Spirit, Our Soul, and Our Body. And uh, we already talked about how healing is a part of our salvation. So I don't want to review much of this. Healing is a part of our salvation. We saw that through Scripture. It's provided for us through the finished work of Christ. Uh, you know, be, when Jesus bore our sin penalty on the cross and he bore it to the full, he was bearing our sicknesses as part of that penalty. Okay, and so when he rose from the grave, he secured our justification, he secured our complete reconciliation with God. We talked about what that word reconciliation means. It means we are one with God. We're restored to perfect harmony with God. Now, you might not feel like that this morning. But in the spirit, it's true. Now, sometimes we don't feel like that because there's sin in our life, unconfessed sin. And there's a need for us to deal with sin in our life so that it separates us. But it's like God's, God's arms are open to us. It does say in Isaiah, but your sin can separate you from even knowing that love. But once we've confessed our sin, we are completely reconciled to God. We are restored to harmony with him. So we, we looked at that. With the forgiveness of our sin came the healing of our body. Remember, we look, bless the Lord on my soul. Don't forget his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities or all your sins and heals all of your diseases. So if we would get an attitude about uh, a full persuasion about the healing of our body, that it's already accomplished, and we would fight in faith for it the way we would fight and resist sin in our life, we'd see a lot more results in our life. Because we just don't put them on the same scale. We don't. But if we did, we would see a lot more results in our life. We cannot be passive about these things. We cannot be passive when it comes to healing. You, you wouldn't be passive about sin in your life, or you shouldn't be, right? So we shouldn't be passive about the healing of our bodies and pray a prayer like, well, Lord, if it be your will, heal me. We already know it's God's will. We looked at this before. We, it, it says in 3 John 2, you know, I pray above all things that you be in health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. So we know God's will is for us to be well. He wants healing. We don't have to wonder. I say it again. It's a part of our salvation. It's a part of the benefit of our salvation. Uh, and we have to do a better job if we want healing to reach out in faith and possess it. Call it mine. It would you not do that about salvation? If somebody said, Pastor Steve, are you saved? You'd be, well, yes, you wouldn't question it. They'd be, are you healed? Yeah. Yes. See, but, but I very often we're like, well, wait, how do I feel? I, uh, we're not asking. I'm not asking you how you feel. I'm asking you according to what Scripture says. And just like what Pastor Steve was saying when he closed out worship, you know, that God's Word is our highest authority. And we are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. We have to get used to living by, by the things of the Spirit. We've become so soul and body conscious, you know, we judge everything by our five physical senses. We need to become more spirit conscious, and that's what's going to help us uh, to really to, to let healing come into our body. And because we know, we talked about this too, that we do have a spiritual enemy. Who is that? 
Satan, the devil, he comes against your mind. We talked about how the soul up here is really where the fight of faith is. He comes against your mind telling you this isn't true. It's not for you. And the thing about it is we have to think and perceive things the way God sees them, right? This takes some renewing of the mind. It's going to take some effort to make that happen. Because his goal is that, you know, you're reading the Word of God and you see this thing. His goal is to get your eyes off of the truth, to paint a different picture of yourself, of what, and, and certainly not to have you understand and believe what belongs to you through your salvation. He's a deceiver. Yes, he is. And he wants to paint a picture of your life. It's just, it's like, is the cup of your life half empty or half full? <laughs> yeah, right. Is it going down? I mean, if I had this cup here and you could just see it half empty, which is it? To some people, it's like, well, it's only half full. Some, well, or it's, it's half full. It's going to the top. To some, it's half empty. It's draining out, right? We have to judge our thought life against the word of God. I mean, if his word says he anoints my head with oil, and my cup, what? Runs over. It's running over. So God has, God has poured out blessings in our life. But we've got to make the, a diligent effort to deal with things that come, to, I, we call them strongholds. That's what scripture calls them, strongholds in our mind that want to resist those truths. And we have to dismantle them. We've got to judge our thought life according to the word of God and do something about it. We can't just be passive and let those thoughts sit up there because they'll just continually push against the truth of God's word. We've got to tell our mind, no, I'm going over. I'm not going under. My cup's overflowing. Amen? We've got to take those thoughts captive and make them obey the truth. The problem is so often we don't really know the truth. So we have to make a diligent effort to see what God says in his word. Uh, I've, let's look at Proverbs 4. This is, it's going to start with verse 20. It says this, my son, and of course that means my daughter too, <laughs> attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them. And what? Health to all their flesh. Some translations say medicine. That God's word is like medicine to all of our flesh. God's word has divine healing power in it. But in order to find it, you have to, like that first verse there, Proverbs uh, verse 20, it says, you have to attend to it. You've got to pay attention to it. You've got to give it some priority. You know, when you say, I'm going to attend to this, that means I'm going to look at this, I'm going to investigate it. And then incline your ear to it. Like this morning, that's what you're doing. You, you are attending to God's word. You're inclining your ear. You have to put your place, yourself in a place where you hear the word of God. At church, at home, we have so many ways we can keep the word of God going in our ears today. And then it says, don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Why? Because that's how it goes down deep. 
as we do these things, as we read the word of God, we focus on it, we hear it, it starts to go down deep in our heart, and that's when the life of it starts to come forth. This takes effort on our part, but it's worth it. It is worth it. You know, verse 21 says this, don't let God's word depart from your eyes. Don't let it depart from your eyes. And I want to share with you today something that I believe is really important to receiving healing, possessing healing, manifesting healing in your body is to see with the eyes of faith what God has already given you and what he's accomplished for you. Because this says don't let them depart from your eyes. I mean, you're not going to walk around all day like this, right? But there are ways that we can entertain the thoughts of God in our mind all day long to let it not depart from our eyes. That's what I want to talk about with you today. And it's all based in the word of God. This is based on what God has done for us. And if we believe that our healing is already accomplished for us, according to our salvation, then we should develop an inner image of our self-healed. See it. See yourself healed. Do I have an image of myself on the inside as an overcomer? And if God says, by his stripes you were healed, do I see myself as a healed person? Now, some of you might go, I don't know. I've never even thought about it. <laughs> but I'm hoping that after today, you'll be inspired to think, well, what is the image that I have of myself according to healing? And he, this, look at Mark uh, 1124. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. I'll take a sip of water here. Jesus is saying this. He says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, for what, in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Let's pay attention to what that does say. <laughs> it says, whatever you ask for in prayer. So let's say you're asking for healing. You're saying, God, you know, my body needs to be healed. You know his will on the matter. We've already talked about that. We're not going to go over that. We know that he's not going to say, mm -mm, not for you. It'd be like some, denying someone's salvation, right? He's not going to, he wants all men to come to salvation and to the knowledge of the truth. And so you believe that God would say yes to you. You believe you've received it. And then it says, and then it will be yours. Healing is very often a process, occurs over a process of time, all right? So first, I have to believe I've received it. Where do I receive it? Because very often, our physical body is going to go, I don't feel like I have it. How many of, how many of us know <laughs> this is where the fight of faith comes in? I receive it in my spirit. The truth, just I just receive it in my heart, in my spirit, that God said yes. His word is spirit and life. I receive his word in my spirit. In fact, all the blessings of God, Ephesians 1, 3 says this, that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every blessing that we receive from God begins in the spirit. It's through a promise of his word. 
right? So we receive it in our spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. Let's remember we're three-part beings. And so as I get into this message a little bit today, hopefully some of these things will become a little clearer to you. Because so often we don't think spiritually minded. We think according to just to what we have in the, in the, in the flesh. And we, I talked about this a few weeks ago, that the mind of the spirit is life and peace. That's a mind that's thinking according to truth. But the mind of the flesh, we said, is death. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going to fall over dead if you think with a mind, uh, a mind of the flesh. It just means that things are going to go negative for you. You're going to think opposite of what God says is yours. And each one of those things, the mind of the spirit, health, blessing, my cup runs over, creates an image on the inside of you. Subconsciously, you might think, well, I can't, what is that, where's that image? It's subconscious in you. Something's good on the horizon when I say those things. Isn't that true? And just as true as if I think, if I go with the mind of the flesh, well, I don't know, suppose this happens. And, you know, you've, those people have lived with that for a long time. And when somebody's had that illness, this is what usually happens. And what are you imaging going that direction? Sickness is going downhill. Probably not going to be. See, there's two, two, there are two images that are created when we think according to the mind of the flesh or the mind of the spirit. And how you see things in your mind, the take is so important. Sometimes we don't realize that. It's going to decide which way you're going to go. That's why I like that circle illustration, the spirit, soul, and body. We're one unified unit, but your soul is the deciding factor. Will I pull more towards the more powerful part of me, the spirit part of me? Or will I let my soul think and go more towards the negative, towards what my body feels, what my senses only tell me? See, this is why the fight of faith is up here. We must pay attention to our perspective and how we see ourselves. Look at Ma Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 22. Interesting thing. It, Jesus makes a lot of interesting statements, but this is one. The eye is the lamp of the body. Therefore, if your eye is sound, your entire body will be full of light. <laughs> the eye is the lamp of the body. So how I see things is going to influence whether everything starts to illuminate in the soundness of what Scripture says or not. So we need to be filling the lamp, of the eye of the, our eye, I would say, the eye of our spirit with God's word. Filling it with light. And here's something. The Apostle Paul prayed a prayer. Uh, he prayed this for the church in Ephesus. A prayer that we should all be praying for ourselves. This is a powerful prayer. We need this prayer. Because these things that I'm sharing with you today, sometimes if, if you haven't thought too much about the things of the Spirit, they can bounce off of you. We need revelation. We need help from the Holy Spirit. He's prayed this. He's, he prayed this. He said, uh, verse, verse 16, I don't cease giving thanks for you, mentioning you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom 
and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, okay? That you may know. This isn't just, this is knowing deep in our heart. The hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints. I spoke with you a few weeks ago about inheritance. We've been given an inheritance. God wants us to know it. And it's so fantastic that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand it. This is why he's, This is why Paul prayed this prayer, that the church's eyes, the people in the church, their eyes would be open to see and know what we've been given. It says, in the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness, not just greatness, it surpasses greatness, of his power towards us who believe. Paul prayed that his spirit, our spirits would be open to see and know what God has given us freely. What has already been accomplished. The surpassing greatness. How many of us feel like, well, I pretty much understand all that already. (laughs) No, this is why we need to pray. Put this on your prayer list and pray it every day for yourself. Pray it over your children. Let the eyes of their understanding be open. They would see the riches of what they've been, what the inheritance is that they've been given in Christ. Don't you wish your parents prayed that over you? Yes. I mean, often in the natural, a person just feels, you can feel like, well, I'm just barely hanging on by a thread. (laughs) I heard this the other day. I put this up on the screen because I thought it was a good, it might encourage some of you today. Well, if you feel like you're hanging on by a thread, Just be sure it's the hem of his garment, right? Just be sure it's the hem of his garment. Like the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years, you know, she she grabbed the hem of his garment. It could have been on the bottom. It could have been, you know, they wore some some sleeves, could have touched his sleeve. We don't, it's just a touch. But his power, his love, his healing is, is available to us. It's just a touch, that's all. And she was healed. It's mustard. Side, see, faith, a touch of faith, yes. We just need to plug in. Very often we're unplugged. You know, it's like an electric company is like, it's running full charge and your house is dark. It's like you call the electric company, how come my house is dark? It's like, well, I don't know. Everything's running over, over, or good over here. Yeah. It's like, well, somebody needs to come over and see about it. It's like, no, really, what all that was wrong was you had all your, Plugs undone. Everything was pulled out. Plug yourself into his power, and we plug in by faith. And so let's go on to just read a, a one more thing about his power. This is Ephesians 1.20. It says, the power that he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion and every name that's named. Every name that's named. Not only in this age and world, but in the age and the world to come. And he put all things where? Under his feet. He put everything under his feet and has appointed him, Jesus, the head of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What is that saying to us? Powerful. If you're born again because you're part of his body, 
Guess where you are in the spirit realm? You are seated at the right hand of the Father. That's the place of authority. We spoke about the authority in Christ a few weeks ago. And if you, some people feel like, well, I don't feel very significant. Well, if you're a part of his body and, you know, you're the little toe on the right foot, you're still in the body. You're still above all principality and power. The devil's still under your feet, right? Do we see ourselves this way? Full of the power of God. I mean, you, you, you and I truly have... Through that inheritance, we have like raising from the dead, resurrection life power on the inside of us. We have that. You might not feel like you do, but we need to understand and talk about these things. Because the more you talk about it, the more you magnify it in your mind, things start to happen. Faith starts to rise up. Does it not? Yeah. And so this is how God sees his children. This is how he looks at you and me today. He sees you by faith through the finished work of Christ. That means he sees you healed. He sees you whole. Yeah, he sees you righteous. He sees you set apart. He sees you gifted with the, all the grace you need to be an overcomer in this life. That's good news. <laughs> and that's a, whole diff, that's a whole different image that we have often of ourselves. Right? I mean, sometimes, you, I mean, you might have come in here this morning just feel like, huh, you know, I don't, but when you understand who you are in Christ, something, that's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you rises up and goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not the end of the story. There's hope, there's a confident expectation in my life, and when I exercise my faith, things happen, it moves a mountain. Our faith will move a mountain. And the problem is people go through life mainly guided by the natural. I say the mind of the flesh, the five physical senses. If I can touch it, taste it, smell it, hear it, then that's what's real to me. In the world, like intellect is, is power, the mind, science is king. It governs. Everybody wants physical proof. Show me the proof. Even though I just laugh because I just think, no, they tell us evolution 10 million years ago. We know that this happened. I think, show me the proof. <laughs> but our natural mind resists this. It resists it. And we want physical proof in our own mind before we believe. But we've got to remember the story about Thomas in Scripture, right? When the disciples told Thomas, after Jesus resurrected from the grave and they saw him, they said, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. And Thomas is like, I'm, unless I, you know, put my finger on the nail prints and I put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe. So then eight days later, <laughs> the disciples are in, together. Thomas is with them. They're in closed doors. And all of a sudden, Jesus just appears among them. And he says, peace to you. I can imagine you'd need to. All of a sudden, Jesus is standing there in your midst. And he says to Thomas, Thomas, reach out your finger. You know, touch the nail prints. Put your hand in my side. Stop being faithless, but believe. And then Thomas goes, oh, my Lord and my God. And I put this up on the screen so you can see it. John 20, 29, Jesus said to him, because you've seen me, Thomas, do you now believe and have faith? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
This carries so much meaning for us today. Blessed are those who have not seen or felt anything in the natural, and we're talking about healing, but yet still believe in the spirit. Something's true. We cannot physically see Jesus, right? But we absolutely believe in his reality. But we need to tag that on and go, and the reality of all that he's accomplished for me. It's not just Jesus, it's all that it means, the riches of Christ in my life. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We, don't, we belong to a different kingdom. Our kingdom is not of this world. So when we get into the kingdom of God, it's like it's got all different laws that it operates by. We have to become familiar with how do I, how's my being operate now? It's a kingdom of faith. And look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. I love it because Jason said this, and I was like, yes, I'm going to say this scripture too. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, they're eternal. They're eternal. So what is this verse telling me to look at? It's telling me to look at things not seen. Doesn't that seem like a contradictory statement? How do I see things that aren't seen? I look with the eyes of faith. See, this is part of, I, I, the Apostle Peter called it the hidden man of the heart. He said there's the hidden man of the heart referring to our spirit being. And I look by faith. I see it in the spirit. You know, your inward man or, or person has eyes. Your human shape, or your human spirit, I, I say, your human spirit has shape and form. Just like your outward man. Remember, some of us were he here when we did the study some years ago about near-death experiences. And every single person said, when I left my body, they still looked like themselves. It was a different material. They were more alive than ever. They said, I looked down on my physical body, but my spirit and, and their soul had full shape. Arms, legs, head, feet, eyes, nose, all. I mean, when you go on to be with the Lord, your body goes into the ground, but your spirit and soul go. It's not just some mist. <laughs> There's substance, I, don't, I can't describe what materiality or it is, but there's substance in the spirit because Jesus even said, handle me. There's, there's going to be a way that we will be able to handle and see each other. We'll know one another in heaven. We will not be faceless in heaven. But most Christians go through life just never paying attention to these truths. They just stay closed off to their spirit which is the most powerful part of our being. You know, it says in 2 Thessalonians 5, I don't know which, 23, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of Christ. So there, there are scriptures that tell us about our being, being spirit, soul, and body. But the problem is we've become so body conscious, so ruled just by how our natural mind thinks, People get upset about the things of the supernatural. I mean, whole seminaries built around 
All the gifts of the Spirit are stopped. There's no baptism of the Holy Spirit. People get bent out of shape about baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, a heavenly language that Scripture clearly says is available for every believer. We have to open up our mind and our heart to pursue in faith. I mean, God operates in the realm of faith. Scripture says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And Jesus, I mean, we've been given the measure of faith. Romans 12 says we've all been given a measure of God's divine faith. And it's up to you what you do with it. You, your faith can increase or it can just stay dormant. Jesus talked about people having little faith, timid faith. Sometimes he said, where's your faith? <laughs> and then he, he commended the centurion because he said, you had great faith because the man simply believed that when Jesus spoke it, it was as good as done. He didn't have to see anything. He said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. So our faith has the power to move a mountain in our life, a mountain of sickness, a mountain of debt, a mountain of fear. It has the, it has the power to do that. And as you feed yourself, this is why attending to God's word is so important, inclining your ear, letting it not depart from your sight. Because God operates this way, and we need to learn to be exercising our faith. Make it come alive. You know, if it's been timid, the more that you get your heart persuaded, the more confident you feel. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I mean, God framed the world. It says he created the, everything that we see by faith. Here's, I'm going to put this scripture up, Hebrews 11:3. By faith, it says, we understand that the universe was set in order. Yes, it was framed, set in order at God's command. So that what? The visible, what we see now, had its origin in the invisible. So when God created the dry land and the vegetation and everything was coming forth, what became visible was first already conceived in the wisdom and the mind of God. <laughs> I hope you have your thinking caps on this morning. Because this is so good. So in his mind already, in the wisdom of God, all the, you know, the DNA and the molecules and everything had perfect order. It hadn't even appeared yet. But he's thinking, he's seeing it. He's seeing it all up here. He saw the green trees. He saw the blue ocean. He saw the exquisite, all the multicolored flowers that would come forth. None of it was random. It all came forth just like an architect would make a blueprint. You want to make a building? You know, this building didn't just all of a sudden appear. First, it was in someone's mind. Wonder how big it should be. I want this side to be, I mean, this hexagon shape is unusual, but he, he, an architect lays a blueprint down. And little by little, the pieces come together. And then one day, of course, the building appears. But again, I say it, you didn't just drive by the property one day, the, the, Five acres is empty, the next day it's there. It started in someone's mind, a conception. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this. And that's how faith works. Look at the Bible definition of how it works in our heart, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith is the assurance, okay? It's this confirmation. It's a title deed of the things we hope for, all right? 
It's the evidence. Yes. It's the evidence or the proof of what we don't see. It's being the proof of the things we don't see. But see, in the spirit, they're real. And the conviction of their reality. This is the Amplified. I think it explains it best. Because it says, faith perceives as a real fact what isn't revealed yet to the senses. This is so important. So when we look at something by faith and we receive something in our spirit by faith, an answer to prayer, we don't see it outwardly, but we're perceiving something as a real fact. What isn't yet revealed to my senses so if it's healing, it's like my body may still be in pain, but this is the fight of faith. I'm exercising my faith going, but by his stripes I was healed. Man, I want to share with you before the message is over the importance of seeing, using your, if you will, your, your imagination, the eyes of faith to see what you look like. Just like an architect would build something and say, this is what the final product is going to look like. Well, if I'm healed, what's the... What's, what's that going to look like? I have to perceive it as a real fact, what's not yet revealed in my senses. You know, when Joshua uh, and, and the Israelites, yeah, they came to Jericho. And they saw that natural city. It was a, a, in the natural, they saw a walled city all closed up. It, it, they were forbidding the Israelites to come in. And God wanted them to conquer Jericho in order to get to the promised land. And look what God says to Joshua 6-2. And the Lord said to Joshua, and I imagine them, they're all standing before this walled city. Everything's shut up, closed, so they, it's standing against them. God says, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho its king and mighty men of valor into your hands. <laughs> See, now if Joshua were just a man of the natural mind, it'd be like, come on, Lord, we're all standing here. We can see what we can see. It's a big walled city. We're not going anywhere, right? I mean, but God wanted Joshua to see the way he saw it, the city already conquered and given over into Joshua's hands. And I think, you know, they marched around. God gave them a plan to do that. They marched around that city six times quietly, and I have to think, how kind of crazy. But yet at the same time, I have to wonder if they, they knew that every time they're going around, it's like these walls are coming down. Because on the seventh day, after the seventh trip around, we're going to blow those ram's horns, and what happened? The walls of the city did come down. The walls of the city. Or how about when the enemy armies uh, came against Israel I mean, they came against Elisha and his servant, yeah, <laughs> to take Elisha captive. Okay, and his servant woke up and he sees all the enemy armies surrounding them. And he's like, oh, my master, what, what are we going to do? And in the natural, they were clearly outnumbered. I think about Mary, your song, Almighty One. The words in that song fit, fit this. Did you take that song from this? We're clearly outnumbered. Yeah. You know, yet Elisha saw an entirely different picture. He saw an entirely different picture. It was made possible how? Through the eyes of faith. Through the eyes of faith. He, because he said, don't fear to your servant, for those who are with us are far more than those that are with them. 
Yeah. And Elijah prayed, Lord, open his eyes that my servant may see who are with us. And all of a sudden, what happened? His eyes were open, and the servant's eyes saw horses and chariots of fire round about, all about them, to protect them from the enemy. So Elisha and his servant are standing side by side, but they're seeing two different things, right? They saw two different realities until the one's eyes were open. It's like, oh, now I see. Now I see. So what does this have to do with healing? Yeah, everything. Because from God's standpoint, he's already accomplished your healing through the finished work of Christ. He's already accomplished it. God the Father, I say it again, sees you through the finished work of Christ. You're saved, you're healed, you're whole. Everything, we talked about what that word salvation means. Set, set apart, honored, graced, gift heaped upon gift. <clears throat> you're saved and made whole. So I ask you today, like, how do you see yourself in light of that truth? Some of you haven't ever entertained this thought. But you need to. You need to start entertaining who you are in Christ with your eyes enlightened to see. Healed, strong, healthy. I mean, because you can also entertain, well, I never know. You never know. I feel kind of broken, sick, and tired. <laughs> the eye is the lamp of the body, right? And so often we have this image already subconsciously on the in, deep on the inside of us that's contrary to how God sees us. If you've lived with something, if you've lived with pain and some kind of infirmity for a long time, it's very easy to just get an image of what your future is going to be. Well, this probably get worse. And I, I shared with you how being a nurse before we were called into ministry, was a hindrance for me because any medical knowledge about an illness, my mind automatically went to that natural lean. It was like, oh, this is going to be hard. Instead of seeing it, wait, wait, from a whole different mindset, a whole different view. Oh, it's 1130. I'm going out of time. <laughs> Listen, I want to end with this then. I, you know, we, we've heard this, that a picture paints or is worth a thousand words. And so I want you to think about the meaning of that. Just, just seeing a simple image, or you see a painting, something, it could say so much to you, right? Well, Scripture is just full of verses, paints beautiful images, word pictures of who you are in Christ. We need to gaze at those pictures. We need to read the Word of God, not just as words on a page, you know, see what it is that it's saying. I, you know, one of my favorites, and I'm going to, I'll close with this. One of my favorites is from Psalm 92. Let me just turn there. <laughs> Psalm 92 verse 10 says, but my horn is strained. You've exalted like that of a wild ox, and I'm anointed with fresh oil. I just remember years ago struggling, you know, with the, without getting into any detail, but my body, you know, would just feel tired. I felt like, oh, like what is, and it, it had to do with what I was just dealing with, the, the problem. And I remember going to Living Treasures and seeing actually a wild ox inside of a pen. That thing must have been, I don't know, it looked like it was about 10 feet wide and 
you know, 20 feet long was like, that's a wild ox. And it was like the Lord immediately reminded me of this scripture. I've exalted, you have exalted me like with the strength of a wild ox. And I'm anointed with fresh oil. It's like, wow, like if that's on the inside of me, like, I mean, I'm telling you, it did something for a picture in my mind. And the, the other was in verse 12 of Psalm 92. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Be, and the Amplified says, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. What an image. Yeah. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. That's an incredible vision. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I think church is good. I'm planting myself in a church. I'm going to flourish when I'm among church people. Growing in grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. Yeah, they shall be full of spiritual sap and green and verdure. In other words, I'm going to still be bearing fruit in old age. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He's my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. I guess we'll just, you know, that's, those are beautiful word pictures for us to meditate on and ask myself, do I see myself, you know, and the older that I get, the more I go to this scripture, and it's like, no, we'll be long-lived, stately, upright. I'm not going to go be like this. It's going to be upright. Amen? God is so good to us. I wish we had some time to sing. I know, yeah. <laughs> but so often, really, you know, we have an image on the inside of us that God wants to change. He wants to change it so that it's, it's what, it matches what he thinks. You know, when you see God's word and you let it get down deep inside of our heart, it, it will paint a different picture of you. Do you see yourself? I'm going to just pause and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, Lord, just to do a simple work right now. Begin to see yourself how God sees you. Whole, strong, healthy, prospered, fruitful for him, bearing fruit for him, fulfilling the plan and purpose for God, that God has for your life. Do that right now. Just and maybe for some of you, it's like, this is hard. Well, that's okay. You need to just start somewhere. See yourself running and not growing weary, walking and not fainting. You're an oak of righteousness. You have strength, strong bones. You will fulfill the plan of God. We worship you, Jesus. You are a way maker, just like this song says. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Because you never stop working. Your power goes on and on and on. And we are seated with you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God, I pray that you help us to resist the mind of the flesh. Recognize our thoughts. Take them captive. Call them sin because they dishonor you. 
There's grace to conquer sin. Just say, God, I hate that thought. I hate those thoughts that go against who you say I am. We lift you high, Jesus, in our mind and in our heart. We worship you, Lord. You're a way maker. Let's just sing one, one little couple verses of this and then we'll close out. <laughs> Let's just stand up and worship God. Touching it. 